0: Hi there, folks, and welcome to episode three of Ukes of Alex, the podcast where we talk to people in the ukulele industry. And today we have someone very special, someone I love talking to, which is Juliana from Flight. Hi, Juliana.
1: Hello. Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone.
0: Thanks for joining me. It looks like you've got the nicest day ever there right now.
1: Yeah, it's been like this, like all the day of the summer, and we kind of traveled due to the pandemic, so I'm enjoying it in the garden.
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at rain next to me, so it's, uh, yeah, you're in the right place. I'm definitely in the wrong place this morning. Um, so we're talking about the weather, which is always a, a great way to start a small talk, but perhaps we should move on to uh, why we're here today. So Juliana, just for anybody that doesn't know you, can you just tell them a bit about yourself, please?
1: Okay, cool. Um, I'm 33 years old. I have been working in this industry since I was 22. I've graduated from London Met in London, of course, and I've studied um, music business. So I've studied like, managing bands, working in the music industry, um, where like all the record labels are. And then I ended up working with musical industry, which is a little bit connected, so I'm glad that at least um, my major helped me in something.
0: Yeah. And
1: it was really... Interesting experience living in London and being in the melting pot with all the industries, but they really with all the different cultures But I really enjoy living in Slovenia and working here Um, A lot of people think that it's a small country a lot of people don't know what it is But I feel like it's really good for being feeling creative um, For traveling also because it's right in the center of Europe So it's well connected to Italy to Germany to Austria and yeah, I just feel great Doing what I'm doing and being where I am at. Yeah. So it
0: was always music business. That was what. That was always going to be the career. Then in some some form or shape. Have you? Um, yeah.
1: Actually, my parents. They were in the music in, this, in the music instruments. From I don't know from since I was like really really young. So I was helping them, and I was always connected to this music, in instruments. It's funny, um, isn't it, You in, can, in this
0: influences t- that bring you to something. I mean, my, yeah, yeah. My, da- my dad played guitar and I had no interest, but then one day I watched him play guitar and all of a sudden it was all I ever wanted to do. And, <laughs> but, and I, but before that, you, something just clicks in your head and you do uh, subconsciously pick up on what your family are, are doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess it was something like this. And when I was young, I used to learn how to play piano. And they were also selling some keyboards. So I would like on the weekends. I would go help them out. I would actually play, demonstrate for me. It was like a playground because I had like so many different keyboards, like all the best new Yamahas and I could like play with them like all day long. And I was demonstrating to people and people would come and say, what is this one? And I would go, hey, you know, it can do this and that. And I was actually like one of the best sellers there because I actually knew how to use all these different functions. There were like those keyboards that had the little lights lightning, you know, like when yeah. you had to and they were showing you like which chords and like where what to play and that was my favorite toy
0: we used to sell them too and it's a real skill to uh it's even though a lot of them are aimed at beginners it's a real skill to show what they do except just play you know chopsticks and hope that you know and hope that somebody gets into it but
1: that's yeah, great. yeah, um, yeah, but that was like many years ago. I'm sure, like the newest one, the newer ones are like super technological. I wouldn't be able to do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I'm I'm actually sat in. Uh in the Southern Ukulele Store's old keyboard section, which is now where I do my interviews. So uh, so thankfully, I'm not, neither of us have to worry about that anymore to keep it up, but. Uh, so Ukuleles was kind of a sideways step then. Uh, so you moved away from London, or did you, did you start flight when you were in the UK? Uh, kind of how did it come to be?
1: Well, actually, it's funny. When I was in the UK, I was really into raving scene, and I released vinyl records. So I got, con- I, I knew lots of DJs. So right. I asked, I asked some of them if they could sell me their music, and then I released <laughs> vinyl records. So I think like my first legitimate legitimate business in London was vinyl, uh, like was the record label. But then I moved out of that scene and started working for with my parents and with the musical instruments so yeah the label kind of has just one release but that was like my first experience in doing something by myself so yeah. I connected. I connected with. Uh, I knew a very good artist who could do amazing artworks. He's from Bristol. So I connected with him, and he did this amazing like vinyl sleeve with all the map of the UK and different rave points of the UK. Like you had the London scene, I had Bristol, Wales, and Scotland, and all of them. They were like together on that map, and he drew all the different different characters. And then we worked on these on the circle that goes in the in the A side, B side and the logo and everything. And I think this experience is actually kind of connected to what I'm doing now with Flight.
0: Yeah.
1: The product um, because, design,
0: definitely. Yeah,
1: a lot of this is like similar. So I, I have to look at the packaging, I have to look at the logos, I have to look at, the know, colors, and, and I'm, I'm in touch with different artists all the time. I just received, actually just before you called me, I just received the new straps and all of them are like so cool. And I'm like so excited about it. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and look at this one. I like it. So, so all this process of creating um, something new and just basically I'm not an artist myself. It's like I can't draw anything, but I have to have kind of an idea what I want. Yeah. In order to be able to work with other artists because otherwise they can just draw whatever they like. And we have to have a vision, like for a brand. And oh, so we have to, yeah, we have to give them like our idea, and this is the most difficult part sometimes.
0: No, I, I have a theory as well. Sorry, that's uh, somebody's heard that you're on the uh, on the Zoom call, so they're uh, they're probably ringing to ask when the flight phantoms are going to be back in stock or something. But um, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> quite, so... I think that there's the product design and. The branding is is so important because so many people can have good quality control on an instrument. But if it doesn't get people excited, you know, no one's going to buy it. And if you can mesh those things together really, really well and create something that people are are excited to show off and play, which is what I think you've done uh, better than anybody else I've met in the last five years. I think you're fantastic at that. this
1: is my mom's uh, school. Like she is really going into li- r- like little details. For yeah. example, you know our royal series. Yeah. Um, they have like those purple gig bags, and me and my husband, we found this purple fabric. We had some fabric samples shipped over here because we're going to go to China, and we chose them. We we're so proud. And then my mom looks at this gig bag and she's like, "Why is this stitching so?" white why don't you make it silver and she's really going into these little 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 details and there is like no end to perfectionism and her perfectionism. so i'm also always i think i kind of inherited that so when i'm looking at something i'm always thinking how can i make it better and even like other people look at it and they tell me this is already good as it is but i'm like yeah but if we just move yeah. this thing just a little bit like a couple of centimeters up maybe it will be even better
0: no i i agree i agree I, but but that's the thing i mean as a retailer and also just as a consumer because i'm first and foremost i i want to get excited about products and i do always mm-hmm. think you know with uh, with what you're selling and what you produce uh, at the same price as other people, I can see that there 's a conscious effort to give people the 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 best experience you can um, and you know it 's not to say anything negative about other brands it 's just something that I think you do very very well so it makes sense that you come from a from a background where you you have that kind of creativity with the vinyl and uh you know, having a tangible product to show for it and you're doing the same thing now, 11 years later, 12 years later with ukuleles. So
1: yeah, now it's like more advanced. I mean, there is like, I I could take my time with the vinyl so I could spend, I don't know, six months doing just the vinyl sleeve. But now it's like everything is much faster and I have to move faster and I have to decide faster and I have to work with different artists. I think I have like four and five in different countries. Um, so yeah, it's like a a lot of work, but that first experience, I think was definitely like something that helped me shape and understand how you can create something by just contacting a bunch of people who are good at something and putting it all together.
0: Yeah. You're not afraid to reach for that as well. I mean, I've not known you very long, only about eight, eight, nine months, but yeah, but you, uh, I mean, you, you speak quite a few different languages and you know, is that, is that in a way just so you can reach the right people and speak to them yourself?
1: Um, Yes and no. I think my interest for languages comes from coming to Slovenia after London and realizing that everyone here speaks so many different languages, like three or four, and people in London mostly speak one or two. And then I felt like I didn't want to be worse than everyone else.
0: It was a competitive spirit that got me. Yes,
1: I guess that was at the beginning and then uh, so I learned Italian and then I really got into K-pop and I just fell in love with Korean language Mm -hmm. and the way it sounded and then we travelled a couple of times. Firstly we travelled to Korea for 10 days then uh, to visit Crafter Guitar Factory then we were very good friends of ours then we went to visit China and Japan and we really fell in love with the whole like culture and what and the east and their mentality and everything and the development it's just amazing when you go there and then I decided okay I want to study one of these three languages and I was really scared of the the Chinese characters and Japanese characters. So Korean was the only one that was using alphabet. So they have like 26 letters and then they combine them in different like shapes, blocks. So I wouldn't have to learn like 1000s and hundreds and hundreds of different characters. So I said, Okay, let's go for Korean. So I started learning Korean. And that was also very competitive for me. Because First of all, I had booked myself a ticket to go to Korea, I think it was August when I started and the ticket was like in April, so I had like eight months. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like every day, I went like on a marathon and every day I was checking, Do am I speaking, am I fluent? No, not yet, okay, study more. And it was just, I think like one hour a day at least, but then when I went to Korea, I went to visit my friend who I met through the language exchange app and she had to go to uni so she left me with her mom and mom didn't speak any word of English. And right. I ended up speaking like five hours of Korean with her, like without any English or sometimes with like Google Translate help. But yeah. it was like real experience and it really like helped me feel good about myself. So it's something that helps me feel motivated and gives me like really, really great sense of achievement. Dad,
0: so you visited all of these places. um, and I know you continue to kind of travel when you can, um, with the flight brand and uh, kind of what you're doing now. Uh, I don't think we really actually covered how did you um, how did you get to the ukulele? Uh, what 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 drew you to the ukulele?
1: Um it is a long question again but i think if we try to cut it short so we were selling music and distributed instruments like you have
0: for to what? Cut, don't feel like you have to yeah. cut it short i mean we i'm this is an interview um okay. so <laughs> it's all good
1: <laughs> okay but you know i like to talk a lot so i can talk like 10 minutes about this i know but, i know i know yeah. we, when i
0: talk to you or quite often i'm on the phone to you for 40 minutes i think oh okay
1: but it's okay <laughs> sorry okay. and yeah okay flight ukulele is so, we were working with musical instruments for a while um, i mean my my parents, my family, and I was helping them and We were just looking for instruments to source to for our stores because we have a, a chain of stores, musical instrument stores in eastern europe and I remember like one music mess, we were just going around all the different booths and looking to buy ukuleles and nobody had any because it was such huge ukulele boom going at the moment. So like all the shipments were like delayed by three, four, five months. Right. Like all, all the brands like were not available and we were like, oh my God, we're going to be without yukes. Like if we don't do something. So we started designing something for ourselves and we were looking at our favorite models from like other brands at that point so we knew what we didn't want and we knew kind of what we wanted and we tried to use like our connection that we had through other like different other suppliers and then we designed i think it was like 10 bottles or even less and we brought the first shipment and started selling it in like our shops and then our friends from the music industry who also had like shops and distributions they were like hey do you have any yokes to spare because we are out, and we would like to sell some. So we we're like, okay, here you go. We can have some of ours, and then we thought, okay, why don't we go to music mess and like display them on our stand? So, and also, I think that year my mom had an idea to try the Elvis Presley um, license. I don't know if you have ever seen that. <laughs>
0: um, well. That I don't, no, I haven't, but I have noticed that with the Elvis Presley thing, you seem to have brand exclusivity and people tend to pour a lot of different products into it in one time. I suppose it's a bit like something like Jack Daniels, is that right? Where you you have yeah, that, like, you, can, you can work yeah, with it, right?
1: Basically, yeah, the vision behind it was like, okay, we are doing ukuleles now, but we are doing ukuleles that look the same to everyone else. How can we be different? And then we had this idea to try to license the like the famous people who play the ukulele, like Elvis Presley, right. Marilyn Monroe. I think Marilyn didn't work out, but Elvis did. So the next message we went to, to the booth and we had like uh, Elvis, uh, how are they called? Like um, the guy who dresses like Elvis.
0: An impersonator. <laughs> yeah,
1: impersonator. <Right. laughs> So, actually, it was really funny because, like, near Frankfurt, there like, there is an actual impersonator. There are, like, not many of them in Germany, but that was, like, a local one. Yeah. So, he came and he played and he was there taking photos. So, it was, like, really cool. Was he good? And uh, Yeah, he was actually good. I think we had, like, some other ones in different countries later. And I think the German one was was the best. Okay. And we had those yukes with, like, Elvis Prince and them. And it really helped us get... Um, into like minds of some big companies um, because they were seeing something Oh wow this is like not a little thing to do a license like this and I think our stand was also not it I think it was cool it, it was not as small as the old the current stands so I think right. it was kind of like our our NAMM stand or even bigger okay. and then I think at that show, Yamaha Singapore approached us and we started selling our yukes to Singapore. But I'm not exactly super um, proud of those Elvis Presley yukes because I feel like now we could have made like, much better yukes, much better quality, like, much better yeah. packaging, everything.
0: But it's a stepping uh, stone. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You know, there are, there are so many stepping stones along the way. There are, and you learn so much from, from an inferior product that you learn you learn what to spot and what not to have the next time. So I
1: think I think the technology was not even there like all of all the top printing. So the only technology to do like a printed top was a decal, and ah, then those decals right. were mostly on like cheaper ukuleles. And so we had we ended up going for this. But now you can like print like really fancy tops on good quality mahogany ukes. Yeah, and basically now we have our travel uke so we could have done it with the travel uke but at that point we didn't know anything with, and I think the technology even like the whole development in China was different was like much more limited than it is now now you can do whatever you want you can print your how face how long ago was this?
0: sorry to interrupt was it 2014? What, okay so yeah the world yeah. That, the ukulele world has changed so much since then mm. I mean the quality of the uh, cheaper product it's the same with the guitar world you know it's really the age of the cheap instrument in terms of how much you get for your money at 100 pounds 200 pounds so
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah I you think must you that, be, be yeah. proud
0: be proud of your past even if you know even if you know you can be better now
1: <laughs> i am proud but yeah we we heard we, we were like okay we're gonna stop with this because we are not selling colored dukes, you know so it was only like one-off edition and then we moved to the wooden ukes and then we had the travel ukes and then travel ukes really helped put us on the like on the scene of on the world wide map of ukuleles because before that i feel we didn't have anything that attractive or that different to anyone else but then when the travel you came out and all the i don't want to say fame but all the hype started happening yeah. and people were talking we were like amazed we we're like oh my god look there is a thread on Kulele Underground talking about us look there is a post in the Kulele Underground Facebook and <laughs> there is another one like people outside of Europe already like even like I don't know it's some different countries faraway countries like Australia like they know about us and they were like what is happening it was like this moment of realizing that we are doing not something so local anymore, but which is actually having a yeah. world impact, even though it's still a small scene, so it's not as big as the electric guitars, but for us, it was a huge thing.
0: Definitely, um, it, it's definitely not as big a scene, but by being smaller, um, the feedback and the spread you get when people give you feedback, it goes th- it goes further, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of our YouTube videos get three, four thousand, Three four thousand views, whereas if Anderton's made a video on ukuleles, it would get sixty thousand views. But the but the people watching it aren't people that actually want to buy a ukulele. It's people who want to um, buy buy an electric guitar, and they kind of want to make fun of the ukulele. So the
1: ukulele, yeah, I, yeah. I it, felt it. I felt it. I, I noticed like some guitar stores doing ukulele videos, and they get lots of views. But then the people in the comment sections are like. Why do you play these <laughs> just by <a> yeah. guitar? Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I had a funny. Inter- I won't. I won't make this about me on on your podcast here. But I actually had a funny interaction with um, someone at Andertons about. They made a video about ukuleles, and then the day after they launched it, I was in Guildford, and I went in. I went into Andertons, and um, one one of the guys there was involved in making the video, and he said, "We watched some of your videos before we made it," and I was like, "Well, um, that's that's nice." but um it's really quite depressing really because you know they're telling people that the uh these kind of 15 20 pound ukuleles are what they should expect and you know that 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 opinion is kind of 9 10 years out of date so no
1: i i don't want to diss anyone or speak bad about anyone but when i looked at their ukulele selection their website i thought like if they're trying to show themselves as like professional store with like professional gear and professional everything then they should improve their yoke selection but yeah. this is like a plague for lots of guitar stores who are like specialized especially in electric guitars they just don't take the yoke seriously i've been to some amazing stores like in poland and everywhere around the world and you have like those super expensive fenders gibsons Piraeus, i don't know like acoustic guitars like Furch, taylor martin and then you have this cheapest cheapest dukes like somewhere in a faraway corner and that gathering yes. dust
0: yeah and if they have something you know if they have something fairly decent it's it's normally a laminate of it's normally kind of under 200 pound um yeah. an unpopular model that a distributor has told them was the right one to have uh, yeah. but anyway you know it's that's a whole other conversation so yeah yep. um just uh, moving on slightly uh, this was I'm putting you on the spot a bit here, but uh, what's your favorite flight? flights model? What, what ukulele really stands out to you as your favorite?
1: I have so many, uh, like really <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I would say like if I was going like on a photo shoot, like on the, I don't know, on the amazing location. And if I, I don't know, if I had to like pick one, I think it's the Fireball, which is coming out soon. Is that the... Uh, yeah also with yeah. mango i think like i really like how it looks and we really tried something different like the rosette um is not just the rosette but it comes until the end of the sound hall wow oh, lovely so yeah. and then it has this black scalloped cutaway and i think it's like the nicest ukulele that we've ever made like so far that's good so really, and then we have the anniversary model which i think which I hinted a couple of times, but it's still like in the works, so I can't talk much about it because it's still top secret. But I think when that one comes out it will probably be our new favorite. But for now it's the fireball. I would show it to you, but um we've just sent it away, so it's not here anymore.
0: No, no problem at all. I I think I held the right, this may be wrong. At the NAM show I picked up a ukulele of yours and I and I think it may have been... It looked like that. It had that kind of rosette.
1: It was. Yeah, it was that one, but without the cutaway. So we added the cutaway after an M show. Sure.
0: Right. But that that was the ukulele that made me decide to do Flight.
1: Yeah, really. really um,
0: and then, it, and then it's not even been released, you know, eight months, nine months later. Uh, You know, everyone's really enjoyed the sound waves. Um, yeah, the phantoms have been great. The spirits have been great. I really like the... Uh, the high-end models you offer it's because of Mm -hmm. that attention to detail Um, i like that you're not just putting a coil of strings or a clear fluorocarbon on i like that you have a slotted headstock that's not a slotted headstock there's so many things about the ukes that you guys are doing right um
1: and And we still keep tweaking them so right now we're thinking about changing
0: you tweak them a bit slower that's my only criticism because you know we get a delivery of four spirits with passive pickups and And then the next one one wants to buy them because they're waiting for the one with the active pickups so yeah which has been really frustrating and that you know that's
1: i thought like a lot of people wanted the passive pickup you know i think i I think the passive pickup will be like really um sought after like in after a few months when people realize that they're hard to get now and then you'll be able to up the price (laughs)
0: <laughs> it doesn't really work like that but I like your <laughs> and sell
1: <them> on eBay. <laughs> I like your
0: instant marketing take on it I appreciate that. Well yep, yeah. just closing closing the conversation today. I mean where do you see you know you're 10 years in with flight now and mm-hmm. do you have a long-term vision on where you see flight going and um you know the last year probably has been your biggest growth year do you do, would you say?
1: I would say that every year is like pretty like explosive growth, but uh, yeah, I would say like last year was the biggest in terms of like growth in, in different countries. Like for example, the UK and we finally started working with specialist ukulele stores because before we had to work for our reputation and, you know, like just consistently put out a good product and um, earn respect of everyone. (laughs) And then I think um we've been growing before, but mostly by opening new countries and at this point, I would say that we are not even looking for new countries at this point because we're just having um it's it's challenging to produce yukes already for like existing customers yeah. because we work with so many different suppliers and because of the pandemic like everyone is overloaded with orders i don't know why but the, the, the i don't know another huge ukulele boom happened so like at this at, at this very moment i just want to be stable and just try to make sure that everything runs smoothly so the customers and people don't have to wait for example when we launched the sound wave at the nam show um, because of the chinese new year and the pandemic the final like the shipments with the sound waves arrived to usa like eight months later in yeah. august and that was like a big failure to me for me personally because i would have liked some. to have them available there at the same time you know as as the launch not like eight months later because i was getting emails uh, we were getting emails like our customer service like where is where are the sound waves why did you launch them and we cannot buy them and so like this is like one of the challenges that we are facing and yeah this is like my vision like for now i don't have like huge ambitions like saying i want to be the top one top three brand in the world i don't want to be like hockey or arrogant i just want to have like stable business that is running and everyone is happy and mm. we're like exciting people and i th- but i think like this year we have like some really cool things coming like the electric hukes like the little stratocaster and les paul
0: yeah it's good to see somebody um pr- producing an alternative to the reets because the reets are popular but there there is definitely room for that um just going back to the nam thing though uh mm. that i think that is the biggest letdown of the nam show so you mustn't mm. Feel guilty about that because every single brand is guilty of launching something. They launch it at the end of January. Mm. They tell the world about it, and then the first time you see it is August, September. Yep. Um, and that's that's been going on for 20 plus years. Um, in fact, going way back, you know, I'm reading about kind um, 1950s Gibson's. You know, they launched the um, the Explorer, the Carina modern guitars and by the time they hit Mm -hmm. dealers it was September and so you end up that's really
1: strange but they're not made in China
0: (laughs) no even even US (laughs) production uh, but even US production is uh, is is I
1: get it I get it about the, the the January because the February is the Chinese New Year holiday yeah. and then nobody's working for one month and then they come back to work at the beginning of March and then they're like slowly slowly working because so many workers don't come back to work so they have to look for new ones so like factories like we've been to China at the beginning of March they're like pretty much empty and like just few people there so the work is much slower than usual and then the first shipment is ready i think like by april or sometimes if you have like fancy yukes like good yukes take like two three months to make and then we are shipping like yeah june something like this and if we have like this year we really tightened our qc and the whole process became even slower because now we get every yuk check like multiple times and it's very very slow process but we want to have the best quality possible. So we have like little checklist and then our guy goes there and checks them and this slows down the whole thing even more. So yeah, it's the, mostly due to that. But we were lucky that we got some ship to Europe, uh, the sound Soundwaves, bef- I think around like January time. So we had them for a while. We had yeah, them almost we, at the same time as the release.
0: We sent so many the first few months to the US, probably half of the first, uh, delivery. Yes. But then I've seen um Uke Republic you know, just because this this podcast happens on my channel. Um, so I feel like I can be more kind of um, supportive of other ukulele stores because many of my mm. friends own run ukulele stores and uh yep. now UK Republic I've seen are now kind of a big flight dealer in the US and uh you know who who else is do you have any other kind of landmark dealers that are worth just mentioning now just for people that are looking for flight stock because southern ukulele store do send some to to the us but I, i'm i'm forever kind of i'm diverting people to yuk republic at the moment for a more local dealer um yeah
1: yuk but- republic are great they are really catching on to all all the new trends so when they see the sound wave they're like okay i'm getting sound wave and also meme, memes, just, yeah, Mim, uh, oh, Mim,
0: Mim is doing it, fantastic. I love
1: Mim. Yeah, Mim just started like literally one month ago, so she has like a lot of stuff to go through because we have a lot of model uh, models and she has all these, you know, long process of like taking photos and setting each ukulele up. But I think like in a few months it should be like all running smoothly. And mm-hmm. we are really like this co- collaboration with these big ukulele stores again, like really pushed us to like our limits to how to in- improve our service, how to improve our instruments, how to improve like our storage, like everything. So it's like really helping us become better.
0: Yeah. Well, you are, I mean, you are growing and you are, you listen as well. I mean, we, Um, you know, I'm being very complimentary here because it's, mm-hmm. it's well deserved. You know, if we have an issue, uh, if I tell you about it. Um, you, you know, I know that there is a team that you guys are working very very hard to kind of improve upon products um and mim mim is a fantastic uh, uh person to have on your side uh, in the u.s because she is somebody that like like us she'll give you very honest feedback and as a result you know that product any product that goes through her hands will improve which is what we strive for as well if we're going to stock something and we really believe in it you know we will um you know we will feed back in real time so it's just one of those things that reinforces that it's worth supporting a uh, a shop, uh, a a retailer that really cares about what they do, a specialist. Um
1: Yep. I yeah. think I think you've noticed or I think I've sent you like on our website now we have a section of where how to buy flight and I put all the dealers that we mentioned now, like Southern Nicolas Store, Memes. Yuk Yuk Republic are all there because I would rather people contact them and have a good experience than yeah. go to Amazon. For example, Amazon is easy for like everyone, but you will not be necessarily getting perfect customer service or like perfectly set up Yuk.
0: It's wasteful or as well, yeah. because if you get yeah. a bad one and you send it back, you know, yeah. a lot of the time with Amazon, it just, then, you know, down the line, it just gets landfilled. It just gets incinerated. It doesn't, it's, it's yeah. so wasteful, you know, even the carbon emissions of if Amazon are not setting up these instruments and it's absolutely fine to buy a CD or um, you know, a, you know, my mic stand, my camera, um, my tripod came from Amazon, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily buy a camera from Amazon. I would buy my camera from somebody that could give me advice on how to get the best image. And it's the same with musical instruments. Um, you know, I just feel like
1: all ukuleles are different so sometimes yeah. we get like comments from people who bought a yuk on Amazon they're like it's mm. not the same as in the photos and yeah, it's wood, you know all of them are different so that's why it's best to go to the store or contact the store directly and maybe ask them to send you photos how the ukulele looks like or give you some kind of feedback how it looks like
0: definitely, well look, I'm going to say goodbye because uh, it's time to open the shop and uh, okay. you can uh, you, you want to see off? some
1: more of the straps? yeah, Wait, show us second. off Wait, I actually ordered this in various colors because I didn't know which color was the best. So I think I have, yeah, three colors.
0: Oh, very cool.
1: Which one do you think is better?
0: Um, I, I like anything that's got a kind of 1970s vibe to it. I think I'd go for the blue one in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone loves the blue one.
0: Yeah, there's something about that. Um,
1: I showed you the graffiti one. Ah, there is one more. There is also this one.
0: Oh the gold. Yeah, that looks like if you in the I dunno if it's the same in other countries, but in the UK, if you stripped back the uh wallpaper in a house, eventually you would find that last design. <laughs> really? Yeah, that would be that that would be the last layer of wallpaper on the wall, you know.
1: I'm not oh, sure about cool. this one, like if you can really see the design, but like now when I see it in person I think it looks cool. Like when I was seeing it photos, I was not sure. And about feedback, like one lady from London emailed us saying that she was really struggling with putting our strap on the pin and she was like, I broke my nails. Please prove them. So now they come (laughs) with
0: That's the kind of feedback we were talking about. Uh, Thank you so much, Juliana. Have a great day. And uh, thank Thank you you. very much for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.